Hello, I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch Podcast. They say that in warfare, amateurs talk strategy while professionals talk logistics. With that in mind, I'm joined by Mike Hartman, Capital Research Center Senior Fellow and Director of CRC's Center for Strategic Giving, to talk advocacy logistics, specifically the multi-billion dollar world of private foundations that sustains much of the professional left, the position of the right in advocacy resources, and the effects of the falls of Steve Bannon and Jerry Falwell on those resources, and what is to be done about the advantages big philanthropy gives the professional left. Now, Mike, you've joined us on the podcast before, but for our new listeners and people who might not remember, uh, if you could explain your background and the work of the Center for Strategic Giving. Yeah. You know, last time I was on uh, your podcast, Mike, it was you were not able to make it because you had a child that day. I, uh, I'm yeah, that was that it was then. Yeah, that, I'm that certain you. Were, yeah, I, I know. I know you were. I know you were sub in for me on when I had my first. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. We're scheduled for the second. <laughs> well, that's uh, great fun to remember, and you know maybe there'll be more days like that, uh, uh, which would be great. So I worked for almost 20 years at the Lyndon Harry Bradley Foundation in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. After which I came to CRC, but still and work the, from and Milwaukee. The, and, the, and the Bradley, the for those who might not know, the Bradley Foundation is a one of, if not the major forces in conservative advocacy, advocacy philanthropy. That's exactly right. Uh, sounds self-serving, of course, for me to say, but uh, many on the left even consider it to have been successful. Signature issues for Bradley would have been historically school choice, welfare reform, uh, some others. Part yeah, of they the, did the school choice program, the pilot school choice program in Milwaukee, and then also the pilot for what would become the 1996 welfare, the Clinton administration era welfare reform was by Wisconsin governor of the time, Tommy Thompson. Exactly. Uh, played a role in creating the what, what we called there, and uh, they may still call it that, the intellectual infrastructure of conservatism in America. And I've been at CRC now for about three years, uh, running something we call the Center for Strategic Giving, a main project of which is uh, something called the Giving Review, which is featured on the Philanthropy Daily uh, site. If you go to philanthropydaily.com, you can check out some of the contributions we're trying to make to public discourse surrounding philanthropy. Uh, they will usually be written by me or two uh, mentors of mine from Bradley, Dan Schmidt and, and Bill Shambra. Uh, so check it out if you can, after you, of course, uh, listen to all of Mike Watson's podcasds. Uh, thanks, Mike. Yep. Uh, so let's start with, with, with foundations, big philanthropy. Um, every, you know, people who listen to this podcast regularly will know back to front George Soros and the Open Society Foundations, but that's kind of only the tip of the iceberg. What, what else is out there and kind of how big of a thing are we talking about? Yeah, let's try to put some, uh, you know, you talked about logistics. If one wants to, as we do here. Uh, compare conservative uh, and liberal assets to deploy, which in this case, I guess, would mean dollars. Uh, here, here is what you might try to do, as you and I did, Mike, in 2018. CRC has a report. I'm sure there'll be a link on the podcast. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put a link page. in the So we just tried to measure the magnitude of the, uh, well, what I'll call the, the imbalance. Uh, we, we took a snapshot, Mike did all the work here too, by the way, so he'll quickly correct me, of revenues from the then most available, uh, most most recent available year, 2014. Yeah, we, we, we looked at the grant, at the recipients of grants from a, a somewhat representative list. We're, we're now uh, 
redoing the study, but with trying to be a bit more systematic about it, have a, a more certainly representative list of, you know, big progressive foundations and big conservative foundations. And then we looked at those grantees and looked at their total revenue. Right. Uh, so it's see, important to note, right, the foundations there are used as the sort of good housekeeping seal of approval. We right. were looking at their right. list of grantees. If you're, getting, if you're getting money from open society, presumably you're doing, you know, we, we did some gut checks to make sure that, you know, we ruled out like the phil, the, the philharmonic. But, uh, you know, the, if you're an advocacy group and you're getting money from open society, you're probably liberal. If you're uh, an advocacy group and you're getting money from Bradley, you're probably conservative or free market. So uh, by that methodology, uh, we came up with 372 groups that were supported by the selected conservative foundations, and their revenue totaled about $2.2 billion in that year, six years ago. There were 1,078 groups supported by the selected liberal foundations uh, with revenues totaling uh, more than $7.4 billion. So that is a 3.4 to 1 liberal to conservative advantage doesn't you know uh, mean that the conservative foundations won't uh, do better uh, or do right. well or can, quote unquote win on issues thinking right. they're you can of school su- you choice can succeed on you can succeed on friendly ground you can uh, potentially use your resources more strategically but that's still a pretty big deficit to overcome right it is a relevant piece of information when you're looking at the logistics and the assets to deploy uh, as we noted in that report the prior year of the release of the report, uh, which was in 2018, the prior year in 2017, there was a Manhattan Institute study, which looked just at uh, the, assets, the private foundations of the private foundations. Well, I think he looked at spending and assets. Uh, oh. Let's go do spending first. Here would be the, uh, the Manhattan Institute study from 2017 had 28 conservative policy oriented foundations uh, and 24 liberal policy-oriented foundations. Uh, let me just give you the magnitude of the differential in spending. Uh, from 05 to 14, that's too many years, but here, here, here's the magnitudes of the ratio, liberal to conservative, 5.1 to 1, 4.9 to 1, 3.8 to 1, 4.6 to 1, 5 to 1, 1.2 to 1 in 2010. For that, one came, that one comes with a pretty substantial asterisk. And then finishing out four more, you're 3.4 to 1, 3.1 to 1, 4.1 to 1, 3.3 to 1. So that's, you know, worthy of note, whether you're a liberal or a conservative, figuring out what it is you might want to do. Just quickly then, I'll get off these numbers, Mike, and we can, you know, have have fun (laughs) with non-numericized information. Uh, On assets, if one looks just at the assets of the uh, policy-oriented foundations, uh, liberal to conservative, in 2015, <clears throat> their most recently available year, the liberal foundations had assets uh, totaling $38.4 billion. The conservative policy-oriented foundations had assets totaling 7.4. So that ratio is 5.2 to 1, wow. which I think is, you know... Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty substantial pot of, pot of resources that that the left has at its disposal that again the, that it in which it substantially out outweighs the right so worth knowing uh is all not dispositive as to and, and, the success and, and, or anything and of but. course you know part of how we got to that point to that 5.2 number is you had uh you know, foundations that were established by these you know sort of long-standing capitalists by these 
you know, longstanding, uh, you know, pe people who were, you know, maybe small C conservative. Um, again, the most notable here is Ford that, you know, were established with an idea towards to the extent they were involved in advocacy in sort of pro-business, pro-preserving the American way of life, and then their staffs slowly, surely, or in the case of the Ford Foundation, very rapidly turned them hard to the left. Yes, this has been a challenge for conservatives and conservatism in philanthropy since its beginning, really, uh, and continues to be one. And, and that sort of, that deviation of donor intent sort of brings us to our, our second item. Uh, you know, obviously, last week you had the, uh, the federal government charging uh, former Trump administration official Steve Bannon with uh, you know, various fraud-related crimes uh, in the management of his We Build the Wall campaign. Uh, and then you also had the resignation of former Liberty University President Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, again, you know, these are guys who are supposed to be stewards of the right's financial resources, stewards of important institutions on the right. Uh, and they have now, uh, you know, again, Falwell, I guess would say is in personal disgrace and Steve Bannon is facing federal charges. Uh, to me, it doesn't sound very helpful that we already, you know, the, the right is already out-resourced. You know, we've established that the, these pots of presumptively untouchable money, liberal money, outnumbers conservative money at least 5.2 to 1. And now some of the money that we can get, we are not employing well. Right. So let me just, lest we agree too much, Mike, let me see if I can push you a little bit by just presaging my, let me first, you know, Steve Bannon was among the first to notice discontent with the performance of elites in the middle of the country, including electorally important regions and, and, and populations uh, of it. I think he should get credit for that. Others didn't or, or, or didn't want to see or, or act on that. And uh, since then, uh, also, uh, outside what was the philanthropically created and supported, you know, conservative intellectual infrastructure that I referenced before, uh, are, are admirably trying to articulate uh, that which gave rise to to Trump and develop workable agendas for the future on the basis of it. Future there, you know, no matter who oh, wins. I, I, uh, again, I, you know, I, my my caution would be that while it is necessary, and uh, you know, again, I, I do think you have to give. Uh, um, um, certainly the president and the people who were advising him, including Steve Bannon, uh, credit for recognizing some of the discontent in parts of the country that people like me in Washington don't necessarily think about every day. Um, you know, we, there is also, you know, again, Trump in 2016 won a very fragile electoral college majority, um, you know, he won three states by 80,000 votes, and that was what determined the election. Um, but, you know, I, uh, Sean Trendy, you know, describes an electoral coalition as sort of a, like, like a water balloon. You squeeze on one end of it, you cause the, um, it to swell on the other side. And the sort of the full populist nationalist, full hard-edged, full 
um, pointy elbow approach of a Steve Bannon, you know, it risks hurting you in other places when. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Bannon, you concede, at least saw and sensed that uh, discontent, I guess, as I put it. And he helped Trump at least politically capitalize it. Uh, Apparently, though, now he and some of his friends have come to personally, monetarily capitalize on it. That is what the government (laughs) has alleged. (laughs) And uh, your piece on this, uh, which a link to which should also be on the page for the podcast afterwards, everyone should uh, uh, consult, was great. Uh, There there was wire fraud and money laundering, according to the government. We've really only seen from the case the indictment. There's not been a written response. It's the classic, an indictment is an accusation. It is not proof. It is not confirmation that he did these things. It's just what the government says he did. So if true, as they describe it in the indictment, it's outrageous, really. I mean, it it strikes one. uh, I, I heard someone put it this way. It's like the Clinton Foundation, but cheesier. Uh, yeah, no, and, and even I, I mean, no less a conservative, no less a you know a kind of a law and a kind of law and order, even sort of you know Trump Trump ish guy like Andy McCarthy, uh, you know yeah. former former prosecutor now writes at National Review on criminal justice issues. You know, he looked at it and looked at these allegations and said, "Yeah, they're if they if the government can prove this, he's in big trouble." Yeah, I mean, it was basically the movement of money for purposes other than what the donor would have reasonably thought were the purpose uh, was were the purposes. Uh, e- even if some of this stuff, even if it's half true, it's still outrageous. Yeah, but e- uh, even if it's a even if it's a case, like even if there is a bit of you know political retribution being carried out here, and they're innocent of the crimes, if. Even as management, it is. It seems less than ideal, and yeah. some of the some of the sales pitches they made to uh, they made to their donors, and then some of the things they ran off and did with the money. You know, and again, a lot of these people who gave to we build the wall. It wasn't necessarily, you know, big institutional foundations, which we've already established, or not a. Um, massive force on the right the way they are on the left it was ordinary supporters of president trump of president trump's immigration agenda of uh you know possibly of steve bannon personally you know who thought who who liked him and his way of doing politics uh and again if what the government says is true he ripped them off and squandered resources and potentially uh you know, may have alienated, you know, who knows if he, if this is proven true, did he alienate people who would otherwise yeah. have been supporters of conservative and of conservative causes? So the lesson for an individual donor who's not got a foundation and, and wants to contribute to something like this and is approached is to be careful and maybe even a little skeptical. That same lesson, by the way, applies to larger foundations, conservative or liberal. You know, take take yeah, a look at no, what's being asked. And, and, uh, and again, the, the sort of the worst example of this sort of uh, preying on, especially the small donor, is, of course, the scam pack. The, you know, they trade on the name of a political candidate, usually a, a populist, you know, um, firebrand of the base. Who, but they actually have no affiliation with that candidate. They have no affiliation with uh, with any campaign that person is running. It's just 
to bring in money that then gets shuffled around the political consultants, um, their uh, their firms to just make more fundraising appeals. Mm-hmm. Repeat repeat cycle ad infinitum. <laughs> right, whether full or half until true. The Fed show up. <laughs> exactly, uh, whether full or half true. You know the whole story is at least disappointing. We should acknowledge as, yeah. as, as a concern no, I, for him individually, for those institutions and organizations relying on him and his reputation, and more largely for the causes seen as being led by him, which he he knew what was the uh, case. Yeah, and there are many the, organizations. Which the, donor, which the donor, I mean, again, I, I'm on the more, you know, sort of internationalist, small libertarian side of the movement from, uh, from Bannon, but what he if if what the government alleges is true, he did to his donors, it just ain't right. Yeah. So given those larger stakes, you know, he should be criticized for even risking, which you yes. hinted at before. Yes. The the damage he's he's either already caused or may yet. Uh and I and I don't think you uh hope that it hurts the larger project of uh defining or redefining conservatism moving no, forward, I mean, which is going to occur. We should have a, we should have a fair and, uh, a fair and honorable debate. You know, yeah. it, it shouldn't be, you know, ripping off people to go off to yachts and whatnot. Yeah. Now on Falwell, I mean, I got to say, I'm less confident being judgmental, you know, <laughs> look, I'm a sinner. I've done embarrassing things. It's, it seems like a more personal transgression. Yeah. Nonetheless, all the same applies. It's disappointing for him. The university, it damages, socially conservative, it damages his institution, and just because of the way that social conservatism is covered in the public sphere, because of course the press is not socially conservative, yeah. uh, you know, failure to live up to your ideals as one of the most prominent social conservative leaders, not a good thing. Leaders need to be careful. I mean, that's all. How's that for a brilliant observation? Uh, yeah, but, uh, and, and 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 then you have things like, of course, you know, and and if you're not careful, if uh, then especially in a time when you have your political enemies out for blood, yeah, you know, something like the NRA, you know, yeah, you, you had gun guy. I mean, strong Second Amendment gun guys being like, what's going on at the NRA? They're using a lot of, and they seem to be taking a lot of perks for their. For their executives, their arrangements with some of their vendors are kind of weird. And then you have a militantly anti-Second Amendment, militantly pro-gun control. Attorney General of New York comes along and tries to dissolve the organization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess don't, a codicil. Don't give, your, don't, give your, don't give your political enemies a pretext that they can use to try to take you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And relatedly, you know, a codicil to be careful would be, you know, drop the swagger and the pride. And the showmanship, I think, which might have been a word used by Donald, the President Trump, <laughs> to describe uh, the Bannon operation uh, that's at issue here, or that's uh, of relevance here. And and again, you know, the segue from the maneuvering by the New York Attorney General. So, bigger picture, understanding that. You know, conservatives are strongly outnumbered in the foundation game, in the advocacy resources game. Uh, what do we do? So that's a good question. The all answers to which are challenging, hard, difficult. All the more reason, of course, then to consider them intelligently. So here's, uh, let's you and I, Mike, we're going to be the board of a, I don't know, let's call it a billion or two. Wait, why not two for the hypothetical here? 
we're, and we're, we're, we're outmatched. We're a foundation on the right, two billion. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> well, it doesn't help. Yeah, but all right, here's what can be you one: you can raise more money, and everyone's trying to do that. Uh, two. You can spend more money uh, uh, that you have, uh, you know, make more grants, even among the lower a bigger, a bigger uh, spend out. Your, a bigger proportion of your assets. in any Exactly. And some are uh, recommending that and always have a, you can spend smarter, more smartly. Is that grammatically correct? You can uh, be more strategic. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it'd be more smartly. Okay, yeah, yeah, good. More, more, strate- more strategic is, yeah, that, w- that would be. Or be more lucky, maybe, huh? Is that part of strategy? It might I, be. I switch from logistics to strategy. Be, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> yeah. Other things that can be done at the same time. Uh, it's not a policy option, really, but at a minimum, big philanthropy of the left and the right. But since it's more left, it would be. Uh, yeah, there, there is a there is that. a structural inequality, to use yeah. a term that our liberal friends might be might be yeah. familiar with in in the organizer in the ideological alignment of philanthropy. The big philanthropy should be scrutinized, investigated, covered, and discussed as big philanthropy, capital B, capital mm-hmm. P, capital research center <laughs> does that and does it well. Uh, there should be more of that. Uh, I think easy for me to say, self-serving for me to say, but uh, just, you know, before you even get to any policy changes, some of which, some uh, are proposing that you do regular old scrutiny and investigation and, and, and mm-hmm. discussion. Uh, Big philanthropy deserves to and should be on the defense. Yeah, the sort of stuff we do at we do at Influence Watch, you do at Center for Strategic Giving. Who are they? What are they? What are they doing? What's the what's the goal? What what are they saying in their confabs? What are they writing in the Chronicle of Philanthropy, the sort of house journal of capital B, capital P, big philanthropy? So, I mean, that's good and healthy, and it is another thing that could and should be done. By the way, along with liberals who might have observations to, you know, mix it up. Uh, but as this is done, uh, I think you and I have concluded, I'll say I've concluded, uh, uh, big philanthropy is big and becoming bigger. This is part of my now analysis, my cover. It's liberal and seems to be becoming more so uh, progressive. Like everything else, it's politicized and becoming more so. Uh, stopped being simply merely charitable uh, a long time ago. Uh, if you sure, prefer yeah, if to say, <laughs> it, it's exactly right. I mean, maybe if you prefer not to use the word politicized or political, short term and outlook, maybe sometimes, you know, hmm. contiguous with the political calendar term, uh, but, sure. uh, you know, big, liberal and politicized. That's what big philanthropy for the most part on a five to one. Uh, well, I mean, it's, I guess it's all uh, bigger and politicized, but the liberal to a uh, roughly, let's just say for now, five to one uh, advantage. So that's the scrutiny uh, that I think uh, should be brought to bear. Uh, investigations uh, are great, like by places like CRC, other private organizations. There have been in the past historically governmental investigations of philanthropy, which have yielded uh, results, you know, and we might have more of that coming along. I don't know. We'll see that, what the lineups sort of, are. But, it, but is that sort of like... Right now, we would need to, as through the sort of private organizations, sort of lay the groundwork for the next time that one would have the opportunity to employ a governmental vehicle to what question, you know, because of course, you know, when you're conducting governmental scrutiny, you have to know what questions to ask because your time is limited. The next election is always, you know, the... The, the 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 time horizon of your 
of political investigators is always very short. Yes. Yes, CRC and the liberal equivalents, if there are any uh, the liberal groups who do the same, uh, engage in education of both the public and policymakers. Sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. If there's a governmental investigation, it should be relying on facts generated by, well, fact finders, including journalistic uh, ones and one uh, researchers at think tanks like CRC. Uh, I mean, I'm not like calling for that. I'm just pointing out that it might happen. And, and I don't yeah, think no. it should be something like outright feared. You know, uh, mm. it seems to me as if it might be worthwhile to shed, uh, to, to, to bring more uh, light to bear on that which is occurring in big philanthropy. Left I, and right for, I, the, you know, what it's worth. And, and bringing more light to what's going on in philanthropy is what... Uh, your institution and Influence Watch are both more or less established to do. <laughs> yes. Now, we should note that big philanthropy is, they might not use the term, it's already a little on the defensive, but mostly, I would say for now, from, from liberal yeah, and progressive further, critics. From its further left. <laughs> from the Yeah, the, which is, and I think that should be encouraged. That's fine. That's great. Uh, maybe we should add to it a little bit with some conservative critiques. And if they overlap, that's not the end of the world, you know. Uh, no. And no. there might be some overlap, noting as I said before, swagger, you know, that seems mm -hmm. to be resented by people on all sides of all political sure, spectrum. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that, yeah, as Bill Shammer and I wrote in the American conservative, the, the, the power of big philanthropy should be, should be checked. Uh, mm. It's thinking has moved. Uh, this is again, our analysis uh, and not so much uh, measuring assets uh, like we did right, at the beginning right. or, or uh, you know, that which is to be deployed dollars. Uh, but big philanthropy has moved, big liberal philanthropy has moved from strategic philanthropy, uh, just to use a term that they themselves uh, created and used, to, to social justice. Uh, strategic philanthropy was, was uh, grant making as it was uh, really created and pushed by uh, very quickly a well-credentialed, data-driven managerial elite uh, of, of detached professionals, you know, that's, that's the, I don't know, that's the, All the usual fans of Woodrow Wilson who... Exactly. Um, and here now, there's money flowing to what's at, for now, being called social justice, which is, at least initially here, uh, including within its grant recipients, you know, activists, uh, mm -hmm. maybe sort of closer to the ground. But I don't know. We will see it. it. This is something worth scrutiny, right? Whether it remains that or if a lot of the money ends up being back in the hands of well-credentialed, data-driven managerial elites. I don't know. Well, we'll yeah, see. The yeah, scrutiny we should hold big philanthropy to its own promises and, 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 and uh, underlying assumptions. Yeah, no, uh, and you're, that, and you're um, certainly going to get that from the, from, the left, from the left critique. Yeah. Well, Mike, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us. We are out of time. That's our show for this week. We encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week. <laughs>